Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. I have with me my, well, entire party for the uh, Sword of Yalzar campaign. We have, starting with but not limited to, our rogue. Hey, what's up? I'm Bree. Our druid. It's Cub, Robert. Hello. Our yak folk paladin. Hey guys, it's Ku on Dakota. Let's do some hero stuff. <laughs> our ranger. Hey, this is Rodnar. And our sorcerer. My name is Yef, and this is Rowelio. <laughs> so, you guys last left off uh, just pretty much within sight of the upcoming Rust Dwarf checkpoint town that you were pretty heavily advised to go to. Yeah. Is there any last-minute preparations you guys want to make before you get into the town proper? None for Orwellio. We're walking. You're not on your donkey? Oh, I don't have a donkey anymore, remember? Um... Is he on, on cob or something? <laughs> Oh, that's no, right. I think he's, no, we're on our new new gotten horses. Right. Are we on them? I am. Oh, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Get back with on carry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys sort of ride slash walk slash you know however you're you know moving on. Uh. And the ground begins to become sandy. Uh, there's still definitely hard earth underneath your footfalls uh, as you make your way into the sort of, you know, city limits of what, I mean, to the average person would look like a small checkpoint, or sorry, a small crossroad town. Like, just, you know, it's like maybe 15 buildings and semi-busy. But there are several rust dwarf mercen or uh, you know full coppered plate wearing rust dwarves at the you know opening of the town, and they stop you. Uh, and you know one of them stands in front and holds up a halt, and the other one begins to walk up to the side of the carriage. Well, I'm driving. I'll greet him with a little wave. The Rustorv salutes uh, and addresses Rodnar, since I assume you, like you just said, you're driving. Yeah. He goes, Ah, good orc. Thank you for coming by. I assume you and your company are aiming to head into the desert. That we are. Well, we will not stop you a second time, but I will tell you that if you're attempting to make your way into the desert... I can point to several reasons why you will not get far, and most of you, if not all of you, will die. Oh, we would like to hear them. One, these horses won't make it very far in the dunes. We can offer to purchase your horses, and in turn, put that money towards fine great desert lizards, often put to mount in this, uh, well, 
vast expanse to the south of us. Hmm. Quite I mean, interesting. You can even see a couple of these lizards. I mean, they look like a mixture between the appearances of a bearded uh, dragon and the sort of body shape of a gecko. Maybe smaller eyes. Okay. Uh, you can see several rust dwarves around the checkpoint town are riding on them. There's clearly a stable with, you know, a bunch of them uh, that's, you know, mostly covered. But, you know, he gestures to that and then he points to your wheels and says, Your wheels? No good here in the desert. In fact, you could probably barely get through the checkpoint town itself while still having some traction. We have several blacksmiths who would gladly, for a pretty fair fee, at least in my opinion, fashion your wheels into sled rails, which would be far more fitting for the sandy, sandy slopes ahead of you. Okay. Do you have any magicians or wizards amongst you? Yes, it, you could call them that. <laughs> well, then, spellcasters of any sort, divine, arcane, maybe of the woods? Yes, yes. Do you have access to large amounts of water where you're going? You will need very much. I hold up, I hold up my flask. <laughs> or I should say water skin, but... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Do, can you create water cup? Is this in character or out of character? He asked you by game name, so. That's true. Okay. I, I nod in agreement. Aurelius cast this belt. This one can, can create water. Well, then I will tell you in all good kindness that without him, you will survive less than a week. I would protect him as a paramount. Good to know. I chuckle and wink. We also Are you have some on the uh, carrot because I want to pat him on the head as a symbol of protection. I give thumbs up. So, all right. So, so he suggests that you know. They take care of him. You guys have your little moment where, you know, Dakota, you confirm, take care of the little guy. Uh, he then asks uh, in his final question, you do not have to tell us if you don't want to, uh, but in the interest of knowing where to find your carriage wrecked and most of you dead, should that be the fate that befalls you, do you happen to know where you're heading, or at least what direction you might be going. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I... I plot the, uh, the map we were given and point to the area that's circled. We're going there. Uh, very well. So, past the, the Brine Lake. Hmm. Yep. And west of the Fire Giant's Keep. Well, I must suggest you take one of two paths, then. 
either find yourself taking the, the signage that is very, very well funded <laughs> that points you to the Fire Giant's Keep. It is a massive obsidian fortress in the barely in the middle of the desert. Almost impossible to miss if you're in the area. And then travel hard west from there. Or you can simply travel your own way, but my suggestion is simply that. Well, we will take it into great consideration. I must suggest one last thing, and I'll let you on your way. And he sort of gestures to the other rust dwarf who, you know, finally puts his hand down from halting you all and steps to the side. This checkpoint town is the last assured opportunity you all will have for goods and food for your trip. If you stay in the Fire Giant's Keep, he will gladly serve you for a few days if your coin is good. He loves to take in guests. But it will cost you there. It will cost you here, but not as much. I suggest that you stock up for as long as your trip might be. It seems to me you'll be a few weeks, maybe even a month, in the desert. I would make sure that your stockades are fully, fully, fully brimmed when you start. Ah, okay. We'll make sure to stock up a lot. Very good. And with that, he sort of steps out the way and gives you a nod. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. It's appreciated. They give you a salute. So, you guys make your way proper into the checkpoint town. Like I said, I mean, pretty much every structure here is either like a barracks home, there's like a triage tent, uh, and then everything else is like a shop front of one fashion or another. Um... And there's, like, a sizable water tower. Are there kebabs? Like, if you go and get food, can you get kebabs? Yeah, is there a street vendor? Uh, I mean, do you do you have money? Yes. Because, yes, if you have money. Yes. Or Lulu <laughs> hunts down a kebab. It's not hard. You go to one of the few you know, general stores that are there and ask for skewered meat and vegetables and they say that they don't have that right now, but they'll gladly cook it up and then they do so. Boy howdy. How much do those bad puppies cost? I mean like a silver per meal. Oh fuck yeah, he's in. Orwellio would consume this. Alright. He's now prepared for the desert. I'm going to take my carriage to the blacksmith. Yep. Uh, the blacksmith immediately is able to ascertain what you're doing at his establishment. And he looks you over and goes, Rails, yeah? Rails. Very good. Let me take a look at your wheels and see how much of it I can use to convert and how much I'll have to put together myself. If I break your cart, no cost. If you don't if you don't like the work that I do, I'll do my best to revert it, and you can go on your merry way. I'll take payment when it's done. It should take a couple of hours. Alright. Um, uh, or... <laughs> what are your rates here? How much, uh, 
you usually charge for this. Well, presuming I'll give you the worst. How about that? If I can't use a single splinter of these wheels, which I can already tell you by looking at them just from now, I will be able to. If I, if I had to use none of it, I could easily apply some sled rails for the for the upcoming sand in half a day for 40 gold. But ballparking, I think I could probably get it done for 15. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Orwellia would walk up towards Rodnar. Um, <clears throat> do you think he take a trade instead of the gold? It's, uh, it's possible. What, so what do you have to trade? Um, remember those highwaymen who ambushed us? Yes. We have their ill-gotten goods. Or give him the horse. <laughs> they will die. We, yes, we, uh, we also have horses and a couple donkeys that uh, we'll be needing to leave behind if you would like to own a horse instead of taking payment of gold. I'm afraid gold is the only in which I make my meaning. If you have lump iron or steel, I'll trade for that just as good as anything else. But uh, if it's not proper metal or other sort of goods that I would use around my shop here, I'm not terribly interested in it. Not to mention, you're probably going to need the value of those horses to get a couple of lizards to pull this box down the way. Yes. Do you like any long swords? What kind of long swords? Show me what you have. Um, roughly long sword sized long swords. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you the kind of look that, like, it's as if, like, you were supposed to stand up in front of the class at school and, like, read a passage from the book and you just clearly don't know how to read and just made shit up. He would just go into the back of the cart and rustle around until he found two of them and present them to the merchant. Just two? I thought we only had two longswords and two warhammers. Yeah, the ones that it was two longswords, two daggers, and one warhammer. Ah. Yeah, so do you bring all five of those the items? Not at once, or Willie was very weak. <laughs> Considering that Bree was able to carry them, I think it's there's there's an argument to be had that you could probably you know get it together if you really needed to. That's so much funnier. Yeah, <laughs> just bringing them over one at a time, panting. <laughs> so once you once you inevitably get it all over to the blacksmith, he you know, applies his discerning eye to all of the gear. Huh. Hmm. Let me guess. Did you just purchase these from a merchant traveling northbound? No. <laughs> we were mugged. I was mugged. He points to the bruise on his cheek. <laughs> Huh. I made, because I made these weapons not more than a week ago. I do not claim to know the safety of your land. 
All it's I can tell very you, safe. On the road. How many brigands were there? There were two. He like looks over your group. So I take it you killed them then. They ran off. With all of their steel behind. The yak folk, he scared them. I can see why. He thought it was just Orwellio. And he kind of like motions to his itty bitty body. He like... The blacksmith looks at each and every one of you very, very, like, directly that are present. And then like looks back to Orwellio. It's damn good steel. I'll take it as a trade. We accept. I know you do. <laughs> kind of finger guns away. <laughs> as after you leave, the blacksmith, like, you know, puts the weapons on racks and looks, uh, like, walks over to, to, to Rodnar and says, You killed those brigands, didn't you? Uh, we may have. Shame. It's a strong possibility. If you ever meet a blacksmith that is comfortable with hearing that what they made was put in the hands of evil people, if they're proud of that, they're no blacksmith. Yes. They're a waxsmith. It always spurns my heart to hear that my weapons end in the hands of nefarious folk. Uh, it's always a possibility. Hmm. I thank you for returning them to me, unknowingly as clearly you were, but... I hope the merchant's all right. I anyway. hope they're all right as well. Anyway. I will set to my work. As I've said, my steel is back in my forge where it belongs. It's damn good weaponry easily covers the expense. Think nothing of it. I'll have it done in a few hours. Excellent. Thank you. On to the stables. So I assume you, like, untie the horses because you don't take the carriage away. Right. Like four horses and two donkeys. Right. <laughs> you just carry them. You just carry them all <laughs> on my back. Right. None of which are Esquilito, I'm going to point out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they couldn't be. He's dead. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Is, is everyone just kind of following Rodnar along at this point? Or uh, you... <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Cub, Cub moves along to the water tower. Okay. I go with Cub. All right. I must protect him. So you two go to the water tower. Uh... There's a there's a couple of rust dwarves sort of idly on guard to the water tower and they see you all approach and one of them steps forward. Ah, visitors. Do you need a ration of water for the day? I I, I pull out my water skin and kind of place it out in front of me and then make like a larger hand motion to kind of signif uh, signify that I need a larger larger container. Huh. I'll uh like as he does that, I'll be like, 
what my small friend means to say is we need enough to cross the desert. Uh, the Rust Dwarf looks at, at you, uh, Dakota, and sort of cracks a grin and goes, So we all do. We can't afford to give you that much. I can give you enough water to make it through the day. And if you stay the night at the local inn, I'll give you enough water tomorrow to survive the day. I I raise my hand, finger extended towards the area, as if to be like, excuse me. And then... Over to you again. I waggle my finger, and then just... I look to Dakota. And then look back to my water skin. Again, making the, the enlarging hands motion. Does he not speak? Are you his are you his voice? You know, that's a good question. Cub, do you not do you never talk? I I lay my hand horizontally and wiggle it back and forth. It's kinda of like to say kinda. Kinda. So. Well, I can offer you enough water for you to survive the day. If you want more than that, I'm going to need you to speak plainly. I kind of put my my hand to my chin and tap my foot, trying to figure this out. And then I hold up my hands, fingers extended, ten. So, like, you just sort of put your hands out ten? Yes, like, as if to count ten. Right. Ten days of water? I... I... I nod no, basically. Uh, oh, you need a container for ten days of water. I, I nod yes. Ah. Well... Snap my fingers. Ah, ah! <laughs> Well, I can't offer you something quite that massive, but if you go over to the inn and ask the barkeep if he has any emptied kegs that you could repurpose as to be a container for water for your trek, he might be able to sell them to you. He might even give them away, depending upon his need. But I have no barrels or casks to offer. I smile and give a thumbs up. I'll give him a little, uh, you know, like, friendly shoulder tap and be like, thanks for the help. We'll be back. The Rust Dwarf offers nothing but a salute as you leave. And I follow up on the lead, kind of going towards the, the inn. The inn is one of the few stone structures in this town. And by stone, I mean it looks almost more like adobe. Uh, And so you go in, easy as pie, and uh, you can see that there's a smattering of non-rust dwarves in here, just like there was outside. But the majority of the people that are here, uh, either the people running the place, um, some of the patrons are rust dwarves, but, uh, you know, no one really gives you too much of a you know, look, or definitely not a sideways look as you come in. But you do see the barkeep give you a nod of attention, recognizing your presence as you enter. It's a very slow midday. 
And some people are eating, some people are drinking. There's a couple of tables with card games going, but it's just kind of like a lazy midday saloon vibe. I go up to the barkeep, and I'm assuming that the bar top is just tall enough for me to poke my eyes above it. I mean, it, this is a place primarily existed by dwarves, so it's probably a little more generous than that. Um, so much so that uh, you you realize that these bar stools are uh, there's like they're modular in height. There's there's like a series of holes along the the the, the vertical shaft and a metal peg sticking in one of them. Uh, and you can see that the metal peg sticks through um, the... So, okay, it's a two-piece... It's a three-piece system. There's the <laughs> vertical pipe on the ground, you know, that is, like, bolted into the floor. The stool itself is, like, a seat that sits on, you know, uh, a male pipe connector. And then, you know, near the bottom of that, there's a hole that you could line up in there and stick... A the the I want to say rebar, but that's not it's not rebar. It's a piece of metal. Do you understand? And I yeah, I, I take a seat on the fancy stool and place my water skin on the bar top, and then try to get the attention of the the barkeep. He's immediately there once you know after he sort of hears you sort of you know put together how to set the bar stool height. Yeah, he can. It's a pretty recognizable noise to him. You imagine? And he walks mm-hmm. over and leans over and goes, "How do you do there, young sir?" Looks over to Dakota, taller sir, shorter sir. <laughs> sort of wrinkles his nose just once. Anyway, don't serve water here. You want water? You can go out to the tower. I, I'm assuming there's kegs lined along the wall. I mean, there's a couple, yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of like wave my water skin and point to the kegs, and then point back to my water skin, and then again make the hand enlargement gesture. What my <laughs> friend means to say is, would you be willing to part with any of your lesser used or empty kegs? Like, just the containers themselves? Yeah, just the containers. We're looking to take a large amount of water with us across the desert. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, that's not too unheard of, actually. And uh, let me let me check the back real quick. I'll be right with you. And he sort of, you know, sets what's in his hands down and disappears behind a curtain. A few minutes later... Uh, he comes back and he says, "Ah, oh, good news. I actually do have a couple of pretty tapped kegs. Now, I will have to charge you for it because normally I could just send them back and not have to pay for a fresh keg and just pay for what's inside of them. So if you could cover the five gold, I'll call the keg yours. No shit. No, no, no. Uh, slip off my back. Simple enough. And I'll, uh, I'll slide him five gold. Brilliant. I'll have one of the, well, I'll have one of the servers go rinse it out and get it nice and clean. 
Uh, where could I send it to to have it put in your hands? Uh, we have a carriage being worked at at the stables right now, or at the blacksmith, I mean. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very good. I'll have that sent over hmm, maybe just over an hour from now. We're a little busy. Perfect. Um, I'll look down at Cub. Meantime, but are you hungry? I nod the affirmative. Hope you are. Serve the best damn jerky in this town. <laughs> Serve the only jerky in town, but it's also pretty damn good. Great. Well, I'll buy my buddy and me some food and uh, something to drink. Wonderful. Got a preference? And he sort of, you know, sets to set you guys up. Anyway, back to the stables. <laughs> so you guys approach the stables with your six uh, animals in tow. And the stable master already knows what you're all here for. I mean, you guys walk into the place and you can see it's a pretty sizable stable. And, like, half of the stables are filled with these, you know, sizable, you know, riding lizards. And the other half are filled with, you know, horses or, you know, other sort of mounts that he's looking to sell. Uh, And he goes, ah, see you're heading into the desert, huh? Yes, sir. That are your some horse thieves. Uh, do you recognize these horses? Found them wandering. <laughs> no, but that's the sketchiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we came across an overturned carriage on our way down here. It uh, was ransacked. It seemed like a merchant had uh, run into some trouble. A little ways off, had some. There were some horses. Oh. Hardly smells like such an opportunity will ever exist again. I'll gladly take them <laughs> off your hands. What size of carriage do you have? Uh, it's quite a large carriage. Uh, it's, uh, comfortably seats uh, four people on the inside. Uh, you'll probably be able to get away with three lizards then. These beasts are a lot hardier than your average horse. Sounds like it. Uh, what uh, what do they eat and drink? Well, they drink very little. They do drink water, of course, but they do drink very little. Uh, they're omnivorous. You can feed them pretty much anything you have. They'll probably like it. I've so, heard some of them get a little particular if you treat them too good, if you know what I mean. But overall, they'll eat pretty much anything you put in front of them. <laughs> they'll even sometimes eat local wildlife when you don't put it in front of them. So the the feed I had for the horses will do fine, then. I imagine so. They might go through it a couple days faster than your horses would, but just as good. All right. Uh, what uh, what's the uh, the rate here for uh, trading all of these animals for those animals? Well, I usually go about a horse and three-quarter horses per lizard. And that puts you a little bit shy. Puts you at about two and a half lizards. You still got to pay for half a lizard at that point. So do we need to find a quarter of a horse? Uh, no, I'm rounding some coins around in your favor. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. 
Hmm. I'll take the two meals on hoofs in the back and all four of these proper horses for three lizards and, uh, what, let's call it 35 gold. Uh, if you could do 30, that would uh, be a little better for me. We're uh, a little short on uh, money. Uh, and haggle. For a long time. So go ahead and uh, roll a um, persuasion. Find one of my d20s here. There we go. Fifteen. Wow. All right. I'll just roll a one. That's cool. <laughs> no, in fact, I'll just give it to you. Hey guys. Just uh, take him. Right. <laughs> your money's no good here, mister. Nuh-uh. Crazy kids with your lucky horse-finding abilities. Go on with you. <laughs> you know what? In fact, I believe your sketchy story, too, now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just ketchup on those horses, right? <laughs> yeah, so he, he sort of listens to your haggle and goes, Ah, 30 gold, 30 gold. Good deal. Hold on a moment. I gotta check something real quick. And he sort of, you know, disappears around a corner in the stable, and you can see he's, you know, going over to one of his silos. A small, stout silo. He goes, well... Y'all made me laugh with your silly-ass story of how you got these horses. Uh... Let me let me let me take that deal another step forward. How about that? I'll take your animals and your feed, and I'll give you some proper feed for these lizards, and we'll call it twenty-five. Because at that point, I'm kind of stealing from you a little bit on the feed. All right, but, uh, I appreciate that. But, uh, it's a very good deal. I'd say so. Just go ahead, and when you get your carriage back from the blacksmith, I watched y'all walk over here after all. Get that unloaded over here, and I'll get you a similar day's worth of proper feed for the for the lizards. I know that this is something that they'll eat, generally, real easy. Now, something about that, just to tell you, they don't eat every day, not like your horses would. Uh, but when they do eat, they eat a lot, so make sure you give them time to eat when they're when they're hungry. Okay. Now, how many, uh, how long will this food last? Uh, how many, how many feedings? I'd say, I mean, they eat generally once every three-ish, three or so days, and it's easily a hundred servings, I'd think. So, a little over a month, a few days after a month. Alright. That should be good. I don't think we'll be out in the desert longer than that. I'd hope not. As hardy as these lizards are, as hardy as you all might think yourselves to be, traveling out in those wastes for more than three or four weeks at a time can take a toll on a person. Make them see things. So, 25 gold, call it a deal? So, that is a deal. He shakes your hand nice and hearty. 
You, you pay him 25 gold, things get exchanged, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you sort of hand over the feed, which is, you know, that's, uh, you right. know, horse feed, you know, meal and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he gives you an equal size or a similar size container. And you can hear it's just, it's basically full of, like, dried out, massive crickets. Like, <laughs> crickets the size of your hand. Excellent. Well, very good. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's all the stops at that point. Yeah. Uh, bef- that's all the stops I had to make. Yeah. You know, all those sort of timetable things come to fruition. You know, the barkeep rings his bell. Or, sorry, the, the blacksmith rings a bell a couple of times nice and loud to signal to you guys that the job is done. You guys get back to the carriage, and it looks just as good as it always has. Uh, except it doesn't have wheels anymore. It just has, you know, a series of, of stout, strong-looking posts that stick out the bottom and onto flat, wide rails. You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not long after, the tapped keg gets brought to you all, and just as well, the lizards and the feed. So you guys have sort of, you know, shifted your your gear set to be ready to travel south. Do you guys have any la- uh, anything else you want to shop for before you leave? Uh, about ten more days of rations. Okay. Buy them at one hundred and ten percent cost. Yeah, I need, like, that much, too. All right. I think rations are generally, like, five silver apiece, so... 5.5 silver per day. So, uh, did any of you want to, like, buy desert clothing or anything like that, or are you just going to kind of rock what you're already wearing? Orwellio's got his cool boy robes. He's good to go. Um, I'll just wear, uh, a shirt. So you guys collect yourselves up and are on the, the south side of the checkpoint town and nothing but a vast, sandy expanse ahead. Did we get our water? Uh, like your daily ration of water? Our keg of water. He didn't, he didn't offer to sell you a keg of water. He offered to sell you an empty keg. Oh, yeah. I know, but like we have to, I'm Did saying you... I want to get our keg filled. Is what I'm trying to say. From where are you? Are you saying that out loud? We can just have our druid fill it. He, he's a source of infinite water. 
And to prove his point, I take a bit of my water skin and spend a spell, uh, spell slot for create water. I create 10 gallons. Okay. So you... What would what would the average keg hold, in your guys' opinion? I don't actually know. Uh, well, it would be... Uh, in in the handbook, a barrel holds eighty gallons. Okay, let's go with that. This is so, basically what that is, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you 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 put a sizable you know dent into it, but it's definitely not anywhere close to being full. Yeah, and I I had a barrel for water for the horses that was full of eighty when we first set out, so it's got like sixty in it now. How much water do we each need every day? Well, not to get super complicated. Um, I believe like, six glasses is recommended. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's kind of like a nebulous number. Um, I guess glass is generally what, like eight, 12 ounces? Was that? Eight. In a desert setting, I think it's yeah, uh, recommended you do a gallon a day. Yeah. yeah. So that sounds about right to me. So we have, like a day in that little bit. Yeah, yeah. Every, every spell slot is a day of water plus maybe a little bit. Right. So essentially, you're going to have to burn a spell slot every day to keep everyone slaked. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. All right, so um, you guys shove off. Last call. And begin to make your way into the great expanses to the south. Yeah. How are you guys traveling? Are you all kind of bundled up onto the carriage in one fashion or another? I suppose we are. Or Wellio is. Yeah. So as you guys leave town, you do notice something peculiar. There is. Good. I was gonna say, I hope it's not merchants talking to car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, lizards run! Right, got mule. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have your mule? No. Okay. It's an expression. It's an expression. Gotcha. 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 That's a... <laughs> From Orwellia's culture. You know as they say. <laughs> yeah, mule. Yeah, mule. <laughs> uh, it's a colloquialism. Right, of course. Sorry, I don't mean to... You all notice a very finely crafted, uh, folded in an envelope-sealed note. Just in the sand? No, in the, in the carriage, on the seat. I'm going to read it. Okay. So the seal, as you break the the wax seal, you hear a elder woman's voice sort of cackle a few times on the wind. This is spooky. (laughs) Uh, As you read it, it basically lays out why you haven't seen Finn or Leon as you all packed up to leave. 
Figured maybe they were last stopping or something before you all left. But this note clarifies that uh, Miss O has reached out to them magically and have given them a separate task from the rest of the party. You might see them again in the future. You might cross their paths and they might be there to assist you all down the line. But there is a pressing issue closer to the great city that requires a subtle approach that less hands might do well with. And we they didn't want to endanger the parcel by sending all of you. I find myself slightly miffed that she thinks that we do not do this subtle very well. Well, I suppose it's for the best. Jess, we have a demission. The fire giant. I would like to see this thing. I have never seen it, the fire giant. Wonderful sight. Just so happens I speak giant. I do not do this thing. But if we come across a dragon, Orwellio will speak it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Alright. And so with that, the f- five, yeah, the five of you make your way on down into the desert. It's brutal. For pretty much all of you. Even those of you... very hot. Yeah. You're hot. You're sweaty. It sucks. Whenever the wind beats, it doesn't bring relief. It brings gnashing hot teeth of sand. Sort of scoring you. Since basically none of you are wearing proper gear for the occasion. (laughs) The word unpleasant doesn't fucking cover it. (laughs) Even taking refuge inside the carriage brings minor and faint relief. The winds don't cut at you and they don't stink up your hair with clots of sand and sadness. But it's swelteringly hot during the day and bitter cold during the night. You all travel like this for three days. Give me a survival check. At least it's cold at night, like home. Fucking Orwellio de Grills over here. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> <laughs> Improvise, adapt, Orwellio. <laughs> We'll say that Orwellio gets by with sheer willpower alone. He's just eating sand in front of them. <laughs> what, what, what a power play. At 16. Okay. At 13. 18. With, with proficiency, I'm at 23. <laughs> Did you also roll a 20? 19. Okay. Hey, my survival bonus is also four. Alright, uh, so you guys are on it. Like, you see how the dunes can sort of obscure 
or or sort of set you on the wrong path as you sort of try and take a proper, you know, southeasterly route towards the fire giant's keep. Uh, more south, obviously, than east, but, you know, somewhat easterly. Uh, and occasionally, like, once or so a day, you see markers pointing you towards, you know, keep going this way, you'll get to the keep. And, you know, people will have marks on those markings that, you know, say it's, you know, ten days away, nine days away. So you guys are about eight days of travel away from the fire giant's keep. Okay. Are we there yet? Not quite. <laughs> Might be a while. So, <clears throat> are we close to that sea yet? In the lake, whatever it was. Yeah, actually, on that, the eighth, sorry, the third day of travel, or the fourth day of travel, I should say, <clears throat> brings with it a harsh, easter, east, literally, easterly, flying, salty wind. And you all can see if uh, mm. you attempt to the west, there is a massive, over several dunes away, but a massive uh, jade-colored lake. I do not think it is drinking water. Seen water that color. Even if it's not drinking water, maybe it's not quite so horrid over there. I say we go look. Yeah. Nothing bad will happen, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's have a look. Just remember the direction that we came from. Do we have, like, you know what? Or well, it was going to be helpful and put a like a chicken bone in the sand, or some remnant of there. Okay. <laughs> we'll pull the lizard's heart right. All right. It takes maybe an hour to reach it, but you all make your way and are at the top of a dune and can clearly see the massive briny lake ahead of you. The air it it, it tastes like a sheet like a seashore. It's but but more so. Like if you ever sort of, you know, went to the ocean's edge, I don't know if any of you in the real world have ever been to there, but like there's, there's, you can taste the air. It's so, it's such a powerful uh, sensation. But this is like that, but way more so in the salty direction. Salty. And you can see that. Along the edge, the sand has been crusted over with salt crystal for several feet, reaching up into the dunes. Hmm. I kind of lean forward from inside 
the carriage, poke Rodnar in the shoulder, rub my fingers together as if to signify money. That's just what I was thinking. Salt, although common, can still be sold. Uh, when we finally get there, figure out how to get some salt. Okay. So you all, uh, you know, get closer to the edge and see, you know, there's under the surface of this water is, I mean, the whole bed is just this caked crystalline, like, layer of salt. And the rim is just as much, maybe a little sandy, but there's massive shoots of this salt crystal pretty much everywhere around the edge of the lake. I say massive, like, you know, in relative terms. Like, it's not like a spire of 20 feet, you know. It's like several feet, you know, maybe four or five feet at biggest. You know, some of these salt crystalline formations may dwarf your gnomes, but you know, <laughs> none of them make Dakota look up, for example. Hmm. Or Willie was carving a little head on the one and making a salt man. <laughs> uh, make a uh, perf- performance check? I don't know. What would be like a, <laughs> that would be like a profession, I guess, intelligence, right? That's unfortunate. Is pro- what, what, <laughs> what class is prof- uh, professions tied to? Oh, what stat? Uh, what performance or uh, profession? Profession is that yeah. a thing anymore? I forget. No, not in fifth edition. Okay. So yeah, just uh, so just a raw in skill check then. It's a solid, solid twelve. Uh, so while you're crafting and like jabbing at the at the salt formation. Some of the salt that chips off lands into your mouth while you're breathing. uh, And the salt melts onto your tongue. And it is the purest flavor of salt you've ever tasted. This is salty. (laughs) Oh my. He would like look at the party and maybe perhaps uncomfortably so make eye contact with at least one of them before he licks the statue. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't break eye contact. <laughs> make a constitution save. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> yeah, three. <laughs> oh no. So as he sort of like really gets in there uh, on the crystal formation with his tongue, the salt, the, the, the shock of salt to your body is borderline overwhelming uh, and you begin to fall back onto the water. Uh-oh. I am oversalted. I try to catch him like a princess. 
uh, all right, so you rush to him then. I, I presume yeah. that there was like some distance between him and everyone else. Um, so Aurelia, you crash into the heavy, salty brine that is the water of this lake. Uh, and and interestingly enough, it almost responds to you falling into it like Newtonian fluid. Like, if you guys know what I mean, like it's very very heavy liquid. So. It doesn't, like, springly splash everywhere. It, like, glops in multiple directions with heavy thuds as the, you know, pieces hit the surface of other parts of the lake in the sand. Uh, And about when Orwellio is borderline submerged in this guck, uh, Dakota, you grab him and are able to pull him out. Uh, Orwellio, you are covered in this salt brine make a constitution saving throw at disadvantage (laughs) boy I wonder which one it's gonna be so uh, you go into shock Um, you suffer that's too much Six psychic damage. (laughs) You are poisoned and unconscious. Oh, God. Did we we get a chance to recover our hit points from last session? This is going to be an important question. (laughs) You all have been traveling for three days. You've had multiple long rests. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Current hit points? One. I was going to say, because you're at one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Dakota, he is, like, convulsing in your hands. And you can see his mouth is, like, actively overflowing with, like, vomit and... I'm going to cast Lay on Hands to cure the poison. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're no longer poisoned, so that's neat. But you're still, like, unconscious and borderline frothing at the mouth from just, like, salt shock. Of the carts, quick. Get him, little Aurelio. I carry him. <laughs> For some reason, while he's convulsing, his hand just keeps touching Dakota's face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like while I'm carrying him, like slight, like lightly slap the legs. Stop! Stop! <laughs> it just keeps happening. <laughs> Put it on the papoose, jeez. Could you uh? Magic My dad didn't give me that. And uh, just spray it all over Orwellio, <laughs> get some of that salt off. Yeah, so I, I do the create water and I just do the, the rain thing where I yeah. just create basically a thing for everyone to stand in. Alright, so yeah, you, you guys are able to rinse Orwellio of the brine. Um, and you can feel like as he's sort of systematically rehydrated uh, from the water, he you can feel his breathing sort of, you know, stops being jolted and and irregular and and normalizes. No more looking strange things, Orwellio. He is unconscious. Damn it! Uh, salt seems dangerous. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Jeez, I don't have any tools. Does, it, does anyone have any tools? Uh, <laughs> like, I need to... Uh... I don't think the kind that you need. <laughs> well, maybe you could use your massive strength and just punch some salt into some chunks. Hero. Mm. Cub, take care of the of the sorcerer. I assume Got you guys like laid him up in the of. carriage or something. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I I expend my last uh, slot to use cure wounds. Okay. That's. I want to punch that salt also after that. Uh, Nexus would probably fly over and like peck at it too, trying to be helpful. Uh, so we regained seven. Okay, so he's back up to full. Or well, you're still unconscious, but you are gonna make it, buddy. Thank the gods. <laughs> I want to point out that this is cure wounds, and that is a touch spell. Yeah. Okay. As <laughs> flavor for Arn's right. RP. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much the last thing that you, like, can viscerally remember, Orwellio, before you sort of black out from brine shock is, like, the, 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 the heavy salt brine overtaking you, and just you feel a strong grasp around your forearm. And then oh, everything shit. kind of blacks out. But I'm still unconscious now, right? Yeah, you are. You're gonna be unconscious for just a little while longer. Sorry. Okay. Uh, he would right. shudder in his sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I imagine you're kind of like Han Solo after being frozen in the carbonite. <laughs> just a skinny ginger bitch, Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so um, I'm sorry. What's your what's your bird's name, Bree? Nexus. So Nexus like pecks fervently at one of the salt, one of the larger salt formations, uh, and puts a gentle, just 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 a little just a little crack in part of it. Uh, and then Dakota, you follow up with a massive blow. Uh, roll damage. Are you just hitting it with your fists or with, like, your weapon? Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna punch it with these hands. Okay. How dare you do that, Sorwellio? Exactly. <laughs> um, what is it for unarmed damage again? It's just one damage. It's one plus strength. Oh. So, three. Yeah. So, you, you break into the salt crystal and you can see... You know, Nexus sort of flutters out of the way, uh, and the crack she started gets substantially worse from your bludgeoning blow. And you can see that a few more blows like that, and you would be able to sever the top third of this formation, pretty much like 10 pounds of a solid salt crystal. I want to do that. Okay. <laughs> Give it the old one, two, three, four. So this repeats, uh, and you're able to break... With a, with a sort of sundering, like, hammer fist, uh, the crystal almost entirely falls into several large chunks. And so instead of 
the one ten pound hunk, you probably have about fifty pounds. Yeah. That's the, that's slabs of sea salt. Yeah. Let's say it's mm-hmm. it's more like the those bags that are hunks, but mm-hmm. like larger pieces. So okay. you have like each of those like smaller, uh, bigger slabs on the or the smaller of the slabs on the right side. Mm-hmm. You have like several pieces like that. Yeah. I definitely thought that was a picture of cocaine when you posted it. I'm not. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> So did I. (laughs) We're in fucking Breaking Rod right now. (laughs) Fantastic. Alright, so uh, how much more time... How many more hours do you guys want to put into mining after one fashion or another salt crystals? I, I think we're good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not punching anymore. We should take care of Orwellio. All right, Get well, back on the road. So you guys took about a half hour to do all that. You know, break that down to, you know, mobile chunks. Uh, nurse your knuckles from punching crystal. Uh, Orwellio, you, as the cart begins to move again, you sort of wake up. How many pounds did you say? That we got? Uh, let's say 40 pounds. Okay. Nexus is probably like sitting on your chest or while they just kind of like staring at you as you wake up. He would wake up with a light scream. <laughs> <laughs> and Nexus would go, shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, and look towards the lake in a panic. Mm-hmm. And just say, Something in the water. It grab Orwellio. I do not like this thing. I do not want to be in this place no more. We are, we are on our way out, Orwellio. It uh, seems like it's a dangerous place. No, no rest or comfort to be found here. Who's I would like the... to make an observation, if that's okay. Sure. Do any of these salt crystals look like people? Do you want to make a perception check on that? I sure do. <laughs> does a 19 notice? It does. And what it notices is that uh, some of those crystalline formations do look alarmingly humanoid. Under, you know... A thorough discerning eye. Oh my gods. These saltiest people. Shh, Aurelio, shh. You're just delusional. The salt is what? Who's sitting the salt is people. People, Rodnar. What is he talking about? Just break it into smaller chunks. Nobody will know. We'll know. <laughs> Does it even fight? <laughs> <laughs> we can't sell person salt to people. Well, not all of the formations. 
how you get mad cow disease. Uh, I would like to check ours and make sure. Yeah, I mean, I assure you, you guys would have noticed if when you broke that salt structure down, it had a bunch of blood in it. (laughs) (laughs) We're fine, guys. We're fine. It's just salt, not purple. Person salt. Purple salt. God damn it. (laughs) It's also not purple. <laughs> Finally, after all this has gone down, Cub just gives one of these kind of looks. Just kind of. Just kind of blinked his eyes. Just kind of unnerved by the whole situation. There's like, something bad in this lake. Well, I say we kill it. Because on that note, who is sitting on the back of the caravan? I, I was kind of sitting next to Orwellio after. Well, I that's inside of it, I imagine, because that's where he woke yeah. up. Yeah. Or you're talking outside, got it. Yeah, who's sitting on the, the back of it? Because, as I remember, someone was pretty much always sitting back there. Oh, probably me. Uh, you were, or were you <laughs> sitting up front? I think Aurelia was in the back. Well, yeah, I'm, like, laying down in the back. Inside. Yeah, not, yeah. not before, on, like, the seats on the back so, like. I mean, when we first rolled out, I was sitting next to uh, Rod, but, like, then I was a little mad at him for taking three of my help. help. <laughs> so I started sitting on the back. Oh, okay. So, um, <clears throat> as, you know, the, this discussion happens and you guys are sort of, like, stopped maybe 20 feet away from the edge, sort of arguing about whether or not you just mined person salt. <laughs> <laughs> A humanoid form of the brine steps out from the lake and towards the cart with a reaching hand. Uh, Dakota, you see this before everyone else. Rod, we should go. Like, faster. Oh my god! Yeah! I'll just grab the reins and just (laughs) Slap. Is, <laughs> Slap. Is, it in ma- is it in magic missile range? Yes. <laughs> Can I try to blat the thing? Yeah, roll your magic missile damage because that shit don't miss. <laughs> magic missile, magic missile, magic missile. I think it's like th- 1d4, 1d4 plus 1 times 3. Yeah. So is that just 3d4 plus 3? Basically. Can I do this? Yeah. Hey, nice. Step, step, Um. Oh, okay. I see. Nice. Um. So yeah, your magic missiles sort of punch holes into that being, and it splats across the the sand. Uh. And then as you all begin to gain some distance, you can see four, no, six, no, ten more of these humanoid-esque, you know, brine monsters claw out of the lake's edge and up towards you all. But at this point, they move very slow, and you all are uh, leaving. Or oh, well, Leo was out of ideas. We go now. Are we running already? We're we're leaving. He's encouraging it. 
<laughs> he had one idea and it didn't work. Oh, I mean, it worked. What was that? Hungwork mighty steeds. Take us away. Terrifying, Bree. That's I what told it was. you something, Touch Orwellio. None of you believe me. I tell you, Saltis people, none of you believe me. I will never doubt you again. Yikes. <laughs> I literally checked the salt after you said it. I give Bree the same look I gave after the initial conversation. <laughs> at her declaration. <laughs> to, to always trust Orwellio again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything worked out fine with the merchants. We're good. Right! Got your goddamn slave! So you guys crest the dune and leave the the brine lake behind. Uh, Almost down a sorcerer and up about 40 pounds of salt. Hopefully that salt doesn't come alive. Actually, that's a good question. Orwellio is going to poke at the uh, pile of salt. It's it's salt crystal. I'm fucking watching you. (laughs) 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 Fucking like points at eyes, points to salt crystal. Little salt comes off his finger, gets in the eye. Right. (laughs) Magic missiles into the barrel. Fantastic. So you all uh, travel, um, you know, the rest of that day, and it's you know it's fine. Nothing else happens. Certainly, nothing else to that level happens. That's good. <laughs> Great. But uh, on the next day of travel, uh, it's probably yeah. early morning. As you know, you guys are really just sort of setting off for the day. And you can see amongst the dunes ahead, there are several, like, uh, how would you put it? Several, like, paths, like sliding paths uh, amongst the dunes of glass, where the, the sand has become glass. Hmm. Interesting. Do we get to ride down one of those? Is there signs? Like pointing us to the fire giant Uh, Yeah, you, you, you all saw another sign pointing you and you are still going the correct direction. And it, that correct direction is towards these this glass. Like, past all this. This is not, like, a location of interest. Oh. I'm just saying, amongst the dunes that you have seen day after day after day, this is noteworthy. This is different. Hmm. Seems, seems odd. Do we dare check it out? I'm, I'm sure there won't be any salt monsters there. <laughs> How far off is it? You I mean you'd basically be going through that area? I I kind of raise my hand up 
forward in front of everyone, just kind of like motion like lightning with my hands. I agree with Cub. <laughs> yes. Fingers. <laughs> Quite good. Ah, yes, would you put it like that? Yes, Cub's got a point. Whatever it is, let's do that. <laughs> I give a, a notable sigh, and then just kind of like, with my hand signifying the sand, just kind of like, with my finger go around the sand. Uh, I agree with Cub. <laughs> so Cub wants to go around. Anyone else? Uh, I, I say we go through his hat. That's probably fine. The side, but I'd like to see them a little closer. Let's, uh, let's go around them, but close to the last structures here. Like you wanted to see that sword? A good middle ground. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, Rodnar's driving, so it's really kind of your decision unless people really put up a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna head to the right. Okay. Uh, what are passive perceptions? 14. 14. Solid light. Solid like 10. Dakota, what was yours? 10. All right, so, Bree, you actually see this before everyone else. Uh, you see... Well, if you had to guess by just looking at it, you'd call it a giant red and yellow salamander. Sort of you know, slapping its little appendages across the sand to get up a dune and then belly ride down the other the other way. Um, and everywhere it goes, it the heat that it puts off melts the sand into this rough like patch of glass. Oh my god. Did anyone see that? See what? Something scarier than the lizards that are pulling our cart. They're pretty scary. I'm gonna watch them because I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you point them out, like, you guys can see pretty easily at this point. Like, they're not really shy of you all. And there's maybe about a half dozen of them in the general vicinity you know, sort of looking around for food, you know, climbing dunes, riding down the other side. How big are they? Um, like like Chinese giant salamanders, so, you know, like maybe three, four feet in length. So like the size perfect. I love them. Like out of character. I love these things. <laughs> <laughs> 
they dangerous? I don't know. What's your nature rule to tell you? Okay, so you put you put two and two together. Notice it's in fact four, and uh, and say these must be fire salamanders with the amount of heat they're able to put off with their bodies. And you'll sort of recollect that if you tried to hunt them uh, using fire against them would obviously be a fool's errand. Uh, so much so that you probably couldn't even kill them with fire if you tried. Um, but you should be careful because they can spit globules of sort of fire some distance, not great distance distances, but because they're side they're sort of slouches in terms of mobility, the, it's like their primary defense is to sort of vomit little globs of burning fire pitch. Are they, they're, they're just leaving us alone, though? I mean, it's really hard to tell. Like, you know, none of them have, like, approached you all. Uh, there's certainly no interest in that, but... Okay. I guess we'll continue onward and avoid them. Yeah, no reason to harm them if they're not going to harm us. Unless you would like some fire lizard pelts. What do you say? Ice scowl. No! <laughs> okay. I guess we'll just be poor. <laughs> so you guys sort of... <laughs> you guys sort of skirt their little territory there. But uh, despite your efforts, you can't really avoid all of them. And you feel like... There's one that's pretty much in your way. Uh, and it's not moving a whole lot. It's just kind of sunbathing. Uh, and you get a really good look at this one. Um, unlike a lot of them who are kind of like skittering, you know, like slapping their little appendages around and, you know, moping about being little desert fire salamanders. Uh, their skin seems to be partially on fire. Like, actively producing flame. Maybe having that inside my cart would be a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I think you're onto something there, Rod. Um, I've assumed we're stopped and kind of taking this in. I mean, this is basically cow-on-the-road sort of situation. Okay. I hop off the cart and stride towards the salamander and attempt to make speech with it. Okay. It, you know, after detecting you approach it, it sort of turns uh, and, like, looks down so its eyes more on the top of its head can look at you. And you can hear it sort of gurgle uh, like a warning noise. I raise my hands defensively, not defensive, uh, just kind of, like, out to the side to show I don't have any sort of, like, means of attack currently. And I uh, use the Druidic language to use be speech and just be like, we mean you no harm, we just seek passage. 
Uh, and we hope not to tread through your... It sort of relaxes as you speak to it. But uh, it just sort of like relaxes its posture, looks at you very intently, and then just like... Bleh! And just like vomits out like maybe one foot in front of it, a little globule that sort of like burns a, p- a small patch of sand in the glass over a few seconds and as a distraction because it then just like belly flops away uh, down the other side of the dune out of the way. Okay. I kind of poke my head above the other side of the dune to check to see if it's actually letting us go and not like leading us into something. It's it's moving away. It's like okay. <laughs> it's going away. Alright, so I just kind of like give a thumbs up back to the caravan and hop back on when they inevitably come back, hopefully. I thumbs up back. Good job, buddy. Can you teach me to speak lizard? (laughs) I... I I just kind of shrug. Three. So that's the only real noteworthy thing that happens that day. You guys are about five days out at this point. You know, a couple more days pass. You're about five days out from the fire giant's keep. Uh, and in the distance, you can see that there is a small, maybe 30 or so structure township between a few of the large dunes that have uh, clearly excavated dunes down to help have them sem- something symbolizing a flat area. And you can see a couple of trees even, uh, and presumably an oasis that this little town has cropped up around. Hmm. Refuge. Go faster, lizards. <laughs> <laughs> Go as fast as your tiny legs can carry this carriage. <laughs> all right, so you all arrive in this little township. Um, the local people have seemed to form a militia as you all approach. Uh, you know, an assortment of, you know, partially arm and armored uh, people, sort of, you know, standing. Uh, in the, 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 the streets or alleyways between their town. Very defensive. Uh, this town is immediately on, on the defensive as you all approach. What, what, what kind of people are they? Um, mostly, uh, n- like, I'd say it's a, a pretty normal smattering of races represented. Okay. Uh, you know, you don't see any tritons or any um, you know, like turtles or anything like that. Uh, but you do see, you know, some humans, a couple of halflings, uh, maybe one or two uh, elves. You know, it's it's a, a kind of a hodgepodge of just about anybody. Um, in fact, you see a small clot of this group are, um, oh geez, what are they called? Uh, the half giant people. Oh. They're like super strong. I I don't like them because they're just like you you play this and you play a fighter. Uh, 
Um, Legion wanted to play as one originally. Yeah. Is it like Goliath or something? Yes, it's Goliath. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so there's about five or six Goliaths, which is a pretty large grouping of them to, to be seen. That might stand out. Um, but, you know, like I said, no one person in this would-be militia is dressed in, like, armor head-to-toe and weapons. Uh, you know, there's some people in some, some chains, some people in, you know, with with makeshift spears, some even with proper spears or weapons, but, you know. And uh, a half-elf woman steps forward and... Uh, I assume you all stopped. Yes. Yeah. About what distance out? Uh, a good hundred feet. Out of spear range. Yeah. Uh, she sort of yells across the way. What brings you out here into the middle of nowhere? Uh, we're, uh, Currently traveling towards the uh, fire giant keep. Happened to see your village. One of the villagers doesn't hold back, and they throw their javelin like thirty feet in your general direction. It's the only aggressive action taken, but it does happen. And you can hear a couple of boos from the militia. The good. Did I say something wrong? The half elf woman sort of like tries to calm those at least around her down and she goes the giant well that bastard we are exiles from his keep people no longer welcome when our coin or our entertainment value has run dry or in some of us bastards of his oh I see our final destination is not there. It's just merely a stepping stone onto our next uh, stopping point at the Rust Dwarf something or other. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point that um, you can hear there's a commotion from behind the militia line. Uh, and... Uh, the half-elf sort of bows and says, Our village elder has asked to speak with you all. He can say he feels a presence amongst you he wishes to know. Excellent. Yeah. With that, a lot of the militia sort of disperses. Happy that they don't have to fight to the death to defend their homes, but you can see some of them were probably like really amped up to fight, not looking forward to, but like had really, you know, prepped themselves that this could be the end. Let's let's do this. Uh, so things have mostly calmed down by the time you all enter this little township properly. Um, like I said, this is you know it's maybe thirty buildings. A lot of them are that same sort of adobe esque structure that I described before at the Rust Dwarf checkpoint. Uh and a tall uh, uh, very sort of handsome human approaches you all with the half-elf woman. 
I'll get off the back of the cart also to join everybody else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the kid sitting in the back of the station wagon. The face is the other so, way. So since you're on the back, you actually saw one of the villagers, like, after you all entered the township, like, looked around one of the buildings and, like, scurried out into the sand and grabbed the spear that, th that was thrown. <laughs> uh... The, the half-elf woman speaks and says, sort of gestures towards the, the tall, handsome human uh, clad in, like, pretty heavy, like, silk, um, you know, it's, like, open in the chest. It's very, like, uh, very, like, Aladdin-y attire. You know, it's very, um, you know, a lot of exposed skin to breathe, uh, very, but, like, nice clothes of that sort of feeling. And she says, this is Mib. Uh, he is the hand of our village's elder. He will be assisting you directly. Give him a little salute and be like, greetings, Mib. I am Dakota. Mib sort of walks up to the, to the group and sort of sort of like rolls one of his rolls his lip a little bit and it almost sounds like a snarl and you know, it's very nice to meet you all I'm leery of outsiders it's uncommon for our, he sort of looks at the high elf or the, the half elf elder to want to meet people presumably there's something amongst you all he sort of very very thoroughly gives every one of you like the eye one of you are amongst you something of importance I don't speak lightly when I say that sort of thing I am important very well <laughs> you impress me not small man follow me <laughs> Orwellio looks at his tiny hands. You sort of notice that almost the whole time Mib has had his arms crossed uh, around his chest. Sort of like sizing you all up. A very sort of bravado-y uh, stance. Uh, and he takes you to the other side of the township. Near the center, but, you know, not exactly next to it. Uh, into towards the front of one of the structures that's closest to the water's edge. And in fact, it is not an adobe um, house like all the others. Uh, it is a simple, large, large-ish in size, maybe like a 10 by, like a, like a 20 by 20 um, red tent. And uh, he st stops you all before you enter and says, Worry not about your carriage. You're here under the elder's discretion. You're safe here, and your belongings as well. Some people may want to trade with the things that they've seen on your cart, but they'll keep their hands to themselves. We don't want for much here. Thank you. And with that, he sort of... Gotcha. And with that, he sort of turns 
uh, and as he sort of peers his head into the tent, you can hear um, a very uh, specific noise. It sounds kind of like a a big cat, like a lion or a tiger or like a like a big leopard or panther uh, snarl from inside. Uh, and then Mib's voice, "Are you ready to see the ra- them now?" Very well. I'll bring them inside. Uh, And with that, he sort of pulls his head back out and says, The village elder is ready to see you. Be on your best behavior or I'll break your fucking neck. All right. We're about to see a village elder, so I sort of like prepare myself as if I was going to speak to any of the chieftains back home. Okay. I waltz in because I hear what sounds like snarling. (laughs) So you guys sort of move your way in and you walk in and are sort of washed over uh, with pleasant, cool air. Pleasant smelling incenses fill the air with a gentle uh, sort of obscuring to a minor degree. Like, you can see pretty clearly through it, but, like, it's not completely clear air um, of the incense and and smoke from uh, a hookah being piped. There's a, a, a sort of menage... Sort of... Not menagerie. That's not the right word for it. A sort of smothering of pillows of varying sizes in strewn before you all to sit on with a sizable little platter of food and ice cold water. Like I'm not just saying like you can look at it and looks cold. Like it's precipitating on the outside. Not, uh, it's, it's, you can see it's like a large basin of, of water to be drank from with fucking ice in it. <laughs> and across from your entrance, Laying amongst more of these nice, very comfortable situations, smoking on said hookah, is a relaxing, very old, and somewhat atrophied, pale white centaur. Oh shit. And he beckons you all in, and with that, we'll end it for today. It's the boy. It is the boy. I love this character. Old Clopper himself. (laughs) Man, you don't even know. Uh, Oh my god. Is his name Cindy? Is he Cindy Clopper? (laughs) Alright. Oh my god. Anyway, I've been your host in Dungeon Master Kenny. We had our sorcerer. It me, Orwellio. Our druid. Me, Cub. Our rogue. Me, or Bree. Our paladin. Dakota. And our ranger. I'm going to get that cash. We'll see you next week, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.